there are pew Bibles. If you want to grab a pew Bible and follow along, that'd be really great. So it's Mark chapter 9, verses 14 to 29. So it's up there, or I'll give you a moment to look it up on your phones or whatever. So, when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me to overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You, deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive him out, drive it out? He replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, John. Thanks, Charlie, very much indeed. We are uh, at number two in our summer series, which we're calling uh, Everyone, Every Day, Everywhere, which I'll come to in just a moment. There will be just one or two little occasions where I'm, I'm going to ask you if you just have a little chat to the person next to you. I know that's uh, terrifying for some and uh, beautiful for others. But, uh, so I wonder if just for a few moments you would just say hello to the people around you just to get yourself in the zone, get ready. Uh, it's not going to be difficult stuff, but just say hi.
Okay, that is great. So pleased you got the chance to say hello. Brilliant. So just to remind you, the theme of, through the summer is everyone, every day, everywhere through these 6.30 gatherings. And um, the aim of the series is to hear from different people uh, from network in particular about how they follow Jesus all the time, how they do that 24-7, what that looks like for them in their world. Um, and it will cover in particular different areas of work, so education, medicine, law enforcement and politics, but also family, friendships and neighborhood and depending on what each person brings. It's my job to kick the series off last week and this week, really helping people think about being people... Uh, people who keep in step with the Holy Spirit 24-7, that they do stuff, 20, uh, that they live with Jesus 24-7 all the time, and they keep in step with the Spirit, and they also partner with the Holy Spirit's power. How many of you were here last week? Okay, only just sort of a few, a half, say. Mm. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, it's not a judgment, it's fine. It's, uh, I was here. Um, I'm just wondering how much of a recap to do, that's all. I'm going to do a brief recap because I do want to follow on from last week a little bit. So uh, I did get a little bit of feedback from things I said last week as well, where I particularly emphasized partnership with, with the Holy Spirit from keeping in step with the Spirit, which is Paul's phrase from um, Galatians. Uh, partnership with the Holy Spirit and really partnering with the Holy Spirit's power. So I was saying, look, we do what we can do in our own strength, in our own power, and then God does in us and through us uh, things that we can't do for ourselves because it needs supernatural power. We do stuff with natural power. God does things with supernatural power. And the partnership of what we bring and what God brings, uh, brings uh, uh, amazingly brings about some of the things that God wants to happen in the world. And I slightly put myself last week against what I consider a, a really a needless hyper-spirituality, which does come from very godly motives, and I'll try and explain what I mean. Uh, so, that, the, that kind of um, attitude, I guess, wants the action of God in this world to be pure, um, so untainted by our own lives, by our, our human and very broken lives, uh, our broken bodies and minds and spirits. And so there's a, there's a great longing for the glory to go to God, which is an extremely good longing. Um, and they're anxious that they won't take any of the glory. So in partnership with, with God, they're saying, uh, you know, it's all God. But I'm reminded of Alan Scott, who's been a real help to this church over the years, where he was in conversation with someone and they, and they were saying, 
something really amazing had happened through them, and God had used them in an amazing way. Uh, maybe somebody had been healed or whatever. Uh, and the person was saying in a public, it, it, sort of amongst a few people, saying, you know, it wasn't me, it was all God. And Alan's slightly brutal comment was, well, it wasn't that good. And, and I do think it's, it's, it's important to really uh, grasp the fact that God, in his incredible grace and mercy, does partner with us as uh, very broken people. And in fact, your body and your mind and your spirit are a vital part of God's activity in the world. So God doesn't transcend uh, us. He doesn't ignore us in getting things done in the world. He actually takes up our fractured efforts and adds his grace and power to them. And that is an amazing thing. And in fact, I think that is even more glorious. It gives even more glory to God because he actually takes hold of us and uses us in this world. He, the, the, God should stoop to do that amongst us and use us is an amazing thing. And to use your bodies in uh, you know, praying for people, using your words to bring truth and light to people, um, and using physical matter um, in in the service of the kingdom is an amazing thing. Is that, uh, am I making sense? Yeah, okay, good. Um, so I, I just want us to really position ourselves well with that. And the truth is, it's always a partnership. So we baptize in water, and as we do that, God baptizes in the Spirit of God. We eat bread and wine, physical matter, but as we do that, we partake in the body and the blood of Christ. When we worship, we don't leave the words and music behind, just as, you know, as we've been doing just now, for some kind of heavenly bliss. God takes hold of the words and music and inhabits them, and he inhabits the praises of his people. When we say our best words to people, we're trying to help people spiritually, if you like, then what God does is he takes the words that we say, and he adds his power and his truth and touches people's hearts at great depth. But if we don't speak... Usually, God doesn't act. God is looking for us to act in partnership with him. When we lay our hands, our physical hands, on someone's body and declare healing with our voices, then God supplies the power. So in, in, in terms of healing the sick, which I'll think about a little bit more in a moment, in terms of healing the sick, which we are called to do, we, we do the healing, but God supplies the power. We do the healing, but God supplies the power. It's always a partnership. And if you uh, drive out a, a demon, an evil spirit, uh, which is, again, part of the inheritance of the saints, and you're a saint and I'm a saint, uh, that we, we're able to do that and we're able to drive out evil, uh, he will give you the power to do that. You do that through your voice, and God does that through his power. So I'm laboring the point a little bit, but what it means is, is that you and I, everyone, every day, everywhere, can be carriers of the presence of God and operators in the power of God, and you should be able to see things happen around you wherever you go. But our job is to grow in uh, knowledge and love of God, to grow in the presence of God, and learn how to carry the power of God wherever you go. And so that may break out in all kinds of different ways in different sorts of places. That's what it means for us to be everyone, every day, everywhere. And what it asks of us is to show up, be ready, be available, be courageous.
That's, our, that's the part we play and to do it. So uh, I'm looking at this chapter, Mark chapter 9 in particular, um, because I think it's just got some helpful things about how we operate in the Spirit's power. And it's a story about uh, a boy who has a, who's got some very severe things, there's some very severe difficulties, and Jesus drives a demon out of him and brings healing to him. And what you see, first of all, in verse 15 is this, is that people come to Jesus. In fact, they don't come to Jesus, just come to him, but they run towards him because in him they can see someone who carries the power of God for transformation where if they can just get close to him, their lives will change. So they run up to him and they greet him. They're greatly amazed, it says in the text, that he's there. And they run up to him and they greet him. And then this man from the crowd presents his tale of woe, which is the, the, the very difficult story of his son, who is mute, possibly deaf as well uh, in some translations. And he has seizures of some sort, which the man says are because uh, he has a spirit and the spirit uh, gives him the seizures and throws him to the ground. So here's, here's the first question. As you go around as a representative of Jesus, carrying the presence of God and operating in the power of God, do you every day, like Jesus, have people running up towards you, amazed to see you, and want to grab hold of you? Okay, that's... No? Yeah? So really, that, so we're not there yet. That we're not in that position yet. So we're not... Uh, so we have to put ourselves in situations where there are possibilities to minister the power of the Spirit. Um, even working for the church, sometimes when you, when you meet people and you, and you say, oh, I'm a vicar, you sometimes think, well, is that going to be an in into somebody's life? Are they going to open up their lives in some way? Usually it's tumbleweed, I have to say, and then, you know, people are not sure what to say. I remember I was having my hair cut, and this woman was cutting my hair, and she said, oh, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a vicar, I'm a church leader. And she said, do you think I'm a sinner? Which is an interesting intro. And I said... I don't know, what do you think? <laughs> and and uh, anyway, we had a sort of interesting conversation, but um, if you work for a church, you sometimes get those things, just in case any of you are thinking of becoming the church administrator, for instance. Um, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. So we don't have people running up to us in the street, greatly amazed to see us, and, and either wanting to grab our clothes so that they can receive the power of God and receive healing, or... Uh, coming up and saying, you know, if you can, please help us, as this man does. But how many of you then have someone, you know, just in, the, in, in a matter of conversation, just some friends, people at work, colleagues in the street or whatever, who just come up and tell you something about their lives, tell you that, you know, if they're unwell in some way, or the fears that they have, or the trouble they're just engaging, or just some difficulty in their life. Just raise a hand if you ever get into conversations like that. So we generally all do, don't we? So in that moment, because we don't, like Jesus, have people coming up and saying, please, please, please help us with your supernatural power. In that moment, when people tell you things about their lives, I'm just saying to you the really great, courageous step to take, particularly if they're not believers, is to say, uh, everyone, every day, everywhere, just to say, uh, this may seem a little weird, but do you think I could say a prayer for you? Now, how would that play with your friends, with your colleagues, and so on? Obviously, it's important to be sensitive in all of this, but it's also important to be bold, both of those things. 
go together. So, it may seem a little weird, but may I pray for you? And what you're doing in that point is prayer is the thing that connects the natural and the supernatural together. So you are there with your natural gifts and, and, and you're living in the natural world and so is your friend. But when you, when you pray, what happens is you are inviting in the resources of heaven. You're inviting the presence of God. Now, God is there, but you're inviting him to make his presence manifest in that moment, maybe in that person's body, in their mind. Uh, but prayer is the thing that connects it. And so if you start to declare prayer with them, something real, absolutely real, is going to happen. I remember the first time I became convinced of this, when I was just really early 20s, I was living in London, and, I, and unaccountably, but amazingly, I was helping an old lady with her shopping across the road. And um, as we got to the other side, she started telling me all that was wrong with her body, all kinds of diseases that she had, and she just told me this for free. I wasn't asking. And so I listened kindly, and then, uh, and then said, and then I said, well, this may seem a little weird, but do you think I could say a prayer for you? And she said, okay, all right. And um, so I, I said a brief prayer for her. She kept her eyes open, staring at me. And, um, and I said, amen. Uh, and I said, how was that? And she said, um, she looked at me and she said, what does it mean to be born again? And I thought, this is like the Bible. This is incredible. Um, and, uh, and she said, yeah, because my son tells me he's born again, and I don't know what that means. So I did my best to tell her about Jesus saying to people, saying to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born of water and the Spirit. And uh, it's a complete change of life. Uh, Jesus died on the cross so that we could be forgiven. He was raised to life uh, so that we could, you know, he conquered death and so on. I did my best to tell her something of the good news of Jesus Christ. And then at the end of that, I thought, this is really going somewhere. And I said, uh, so would you like to become a Christian now? And she said, no. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. Oh, well, I, and we'd got to my house at that point. So I said, well, I live in number 17 there. If you ever want to become a Christian, knock on the door and we'll go for it. So she said, all right. And then she went off. And, and then six months later, I moved out of that flat. And then about nine months later, I met the bloke who uh, lived in my room. Uh, he'd taken over my place in that flat. And um, he said to me, oh, this old lady came around the other day. And she said, is John there? I, I want to become a Christian today. And um, he said, no, John's not here. But um, could I help you? And he was a Christian. And um, she said, oh, yeah, that'd be great. And she, he had the great privilege of leading her to the Lord. It's amazing, isn't it? And when you, when, you, when you just take the tiniest little step, the tiniest moment of bravery and courage and say, this may seem a little weird, but do you think I could pray a prayer for you? You are inviting supernatural power into that moment. And then grace cascades upon grace and keeps on going. And in my case, in that first one, over months. Once I'd heard that, I thought, right, I'm going to do this because this is, this is where it's at. This is what God is doing. And God amazingly uses me. So here's a little moment of activation. It's just, uh, just with somebody else, because it's good to hear your, your own voice say this. Get into, just get into pairs, and one of you say just anything about any difficulty that you're facing. Or if, if you don't want to say, just make one up. It doesn't really matter. 
just, you know, just say, uh, you know, I've, oh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, um, but just say some, some very brief tale of woe, you know, or I've been really unwell or I've had COVID or something or whatever. And then the other person, just let yourself hear, say this out loud. This may seem a little weird, but may I say a, pray, may I say a prayer for you? Then that'll, that'll, that's it. That's the whole thing. And then you swap and then the other person have a go. But it's really good to have heard yourself say that so that you can say it in the moment later on when you're in the pub. All right? Off you go. I'll give you about two minutes for that. Have you done it yet? Okay, come back, come back, come back. So Chris asked me the very good question, which is, which is, um, you know, that, or, or, uh, it's, it's like a comment that there, there are obviously different situations. So in a workplace, it may or may not be a really good idea to say that, but it might be a good idea to say it in other kinds of places. You just have to use your wisdom. You know, that's important. But you also need to be bold because you are a carrier of the presence of God and God has placed his Holy Spirit in you to transform other people's lives. So again, sensitivity on the one hand, boldness on the other are both really crucial aspects of this. Um, uh, if you found yourself doing that with a stranger in the street, um, how awkward would that be? Like on a scale from one to ten, who, for whom would it be like between five and ten? Yeah, so it, there's, there's always a level of awkwardness to what the Holy Spirit invites you into. Uh, and if you, read the, if you read the Gospels and you read um, Acts, which is about the story of the, disciple, uh, the, the apostles, Jesus' apostles, doing the things that Jesus did, they were always led into awkwardness, always. There's, at the very least, it was awkward. There was healing to be done. There was speaking to be done at different ki- in, in different kinds of situations, and it got them into uh, certain amounts of trouble, a lot of trouble from time to time. But... At the very least, just saying this to somebody else brings the possibility of the presence and the power of God to be made manifest in that moment with you and through you. So it's really important that you come to terms with the fact that God wants to use you and that he does want to uh, flow, uh, to pour his power through you into other people. 
So if then the person says, yes, that'd be really nice, uh, really appreciate a prayer, then what next? Well, the next thing is, is, to, is to pray very, very simply for them. And, uh, and, and not to get all complicated, not to, uh, to get all sort of te- theological or whatever. It's very, very simple. So uh, why don't we try this? So uh, Owen, I was talking with you earlier. Owen, come and join me. Let's give Owen a round of applause. He's... Just because he's a splendid person. So we're going to, I know I asked you earlier to make things up, but we're gonna, we'll, we'll do this for real. So Owen, just um, tell us your um, uh, tale of woe from, uh, not the whole thing, but just. Uh, I broke my hip. Okay. I had long COVID before that. Okay, so you broke your hip. How did you do that? Uh, playing in the sea. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, okay. I got smashed by a big wave, got tumbled, and then, Gently spat out on the on the speech, and it broke my hip. Yeah. Okay, how long ago was that? Uh, it was Easter, so it was three and a half months ago. Okay. Hmm. And uh, how is it at this point? Uh, improving, like really slowly improving all the time, but um, yeah, it's it's quite it's really stiff, and I don't sleep very well because I have to keep turning over because it because it aches. So um, yeah, it's getting better, but it's. We're not there yet. I can't kick a ball yet. That's what I'm aiming for. Yeah. All right. Okay. So that's the kind of conversation you get into with a friend, isn't it? And they just say, oh, yeah, I broke my hip three months ago. It's, you know, it's getting better, but it's really slow, and I'd like to be able to kick a ball and so on. So, and so I've said, would, you, know, um, you know, this may seem a little weird to you, but would it be okay if I said a prayer for you? Please say yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. <laughs> okay. So... So, uh, very simply, um, uh, I, w- I will l- lay a hand on Owen's shoulder. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to ask God to send his spirit and his power to you. And we'll give that a go. So, Father, thank you that you love Owen so much. And Father, would you send your Holy Spirit upon him now? And if it's not a rush, it's quite good to wait. Sometimes you only just get 10 seconds to pray with someone, but we'll wait for a few moments. Then you might want to say, thank you for your presence, Lord. As you sense that he is there, So sometimes when you're praying for people, you you can really sense that the Holy Spirit is resting on them. And uh, sometimes people just have a real settled peace about them. Sometimes they, even in the middle of a street, sometimes they have, or as Owen is, in front of other people. Um, Sometimes they get really hot. 
sometimes they shake or whatever. And then you just want to pray as Jesus and the apostles did. And you just want to... You want to be clear in your head that God loves to heal. And everywhere Jesus went, he healed the sick. And so that's the default position. And so we, uh, we speak to... In this case, I'm going to, I'm going to speak... It's really weird, but I'm going to speak to Owen's hip. And I'm just going to tell it to get better because God gives people authority in, this, in all kinds of areas. So, Father, thank you for your Spirit's presence. And I thank you that you know and love Owen. So just say, hip, be healed in Jesus' name. Be strengthened. Let the power of God strengthen your hip. I want to bless it with full flexibility, no pain, rapid healing at this point, in Jesus' name. Amen. Then if it's appropriate, it's sometimes good just to say, how is that? Or in this case, do you want to just have a little wonder and see if you discern anything different? Feels about the same? Okay. So in that case, I might say, could we have another go? But uh, we might do that at the end. Uh, because, what, because the thing is, it's to do with the power that we're operating in. And sometimes you're operating in a lot of power. Almost everything you touch, something happens. But my thing at this point would be is to soak him in as much of God and God's power as you can possibly get. So we bless you, bless you to receive all that you can, and uh, Lord, we ask that you would fill him to overflowing, strengthen his hip, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we come back to that at the end? Okay, let's hear it for Owen. Okay, so... That was a bit longer than usual. Sometimes if you're praying for a friend and they're, and they're saying, yeah, you could pray for me, um, then you've just, you've just got about 10 seconds just to, just to say the prayer that connects heaven to earth, if you like, and just say something really brief and then say, how's it going? Do you, do you discern anything different? So I would really encourage you that we can we can do some uh, prayer in just a moment. But I just want to make a couple of last points from the passage, because there are two significant helps, which I think the passage gives us if we're learning to pray for others and particularly for healing. So when you pray for people, it's always going to be faith is always going to be important. Faith is absolutely important. In Hebrews 11, it says, "Without faith, it's impossible to please God," and faith is basically trusting. Our, trusting in and acting on what you can't see. 
and what you can't see is God and what he's, act- what he's doing, but you trust that he is there and he is doing it. So it's really important to settle this in your mind and your heart if you're going to pray for people 24-7 in every situation. The question is this, do, and it's for you to answer in your own heart, does God want to heal the sick today through prayer? And secondly, does he want to do it through you? And you may have an easier time with the first question than the second. But I want to suggest to you that the answer to both those questions is yes. And that's because you can see with Jesus that it is the default position. Everywhere he goes, uh, he's, he's bringing healing to people. See, we're generally quite settled on other questions, like if someone comes to you and says, oh, I'd like to know more about the Christian faith and spiritual life, you know, can you, uh, um, do you think at that point that God wants you to tell them some good news? Yes? Yeah? Well, that's true. And if someone comes to you and they're hungry or they're destitute, do you think at that point God wants you to feed them and to help them? The answer is probably yes. So if somebody comes to you who's sick, The question is, does God want you to heal them with his power? And again, I think the answer is yes. You know, we never discourage people, if they're unwell, from going to their GP. So if they come to you and you have healing power, which you do, then it's really good to pray and see what God will do. So most times, Jesus and the apostles heal the sick. And in this chapter, in Mark chapter 9... The really interesting thing is the disciples, right at the beginning of the, of the story, if you noticed it, the disciples have tried to heal this boy and have failed, and failed completely. Uh, they, you know, nothing has happened. They've tried their best stuff. They've prayed their best prayer. They've had as much faith as they can muster, and nothing has happened. But what Jesus then does is he brings his perfect faith to the situation, but he also provokes faith in the Father, and in the conversation, it's an absolutely beautiful conversation that they, that they have. He says, how long has your boy been like this? And the man says, from childhood. And, and then the man says, if you can do anything, please help, please help. And Jesus says, if you can. He says, all things are possible for the one who believes. And he's looking at this man. He's not manipulating it. He's just provoking faith in him. He's saying, all things are possible for those who believe. And, and he's drawing him out. He's drawing him out into um, encounter with Jesus in that moment. And the man beautifully says, it's an absolutely wonderful, wonderful statement or prayer. He says, I believe, help my unbelief. I believe, help my unbelief. I mean, that's where we all are really, isn't it? I believe, help my unbelief. But in that short little encounter with him, Jesus is able to move him from going, help me, help me, help me, to I believe, help my unbelief, just by provoking him a little bit with a statement about everything is possible for those who believe. And so in that moment, Jesus looks at him and thinks, you know, I think he's looking at him and thinking that he sees a a little glimmer of faith, a seed of faith in this man, and he says, okay, let's take take action. Let's, Let's reward that tiny seed of faith. And, uh, and he blesses the boy, and, the blo- and the, uh, a demon has driven out the boy, and the boy is completely healed. So in your encounters with people, it's really good just to tell them or remind them, as I prayed for Owen, uh, just say, do you know God really does love you? He really does love you. When we used to pray for people on the streets, 
uh, in healing on the streets, come and sit on the chairs. The, that's always the first thing that we would say to them, just to, just to say, you may not know this yet, but we really believe that God absolutely loves you. And it just sets the tone, it sets the moment into which uh, a prayer can be very powerful. So that's one thing. Look for faith, particularly, primarily in yourself. That's the really important thing, and stoke it and provoke it in yourself, but also in the person that you're praying with. And the second thing is the disciples' failure means that the disciples go off with Jesus and they say, and they say to him, well, why couldn't we cast this out? Why couldn't we heal this boy? You know, and frankly, it's, you know, uh, you'd, you'd wonder if it was embarrassing to Jesus that his 12 best people couldn't do the, couldn't do the stuff. But they say, why couldn't it happen? And the last phrase in that passage says, Jesus says to them, some of these really tough ones or these really difficult situations can only come out by prayer and fasting. And he's saying, basically, if you really want to get into this, if you want to be a powerful operative in the kingdom of God, then preparing yourself daily for encounters is really good. And spending time with the Lord and saying, Lord, fill me with healing power. Let me be of service to you today. And fasting and, and making space for more of God in your life. So both those things, if you're, if you're really wanting to pursue this, growing in faith and really believing that Jesus wants you to heal the sick is one thing, and preparing yourself every day and asking the Lord for more of the power of the Spirit so that you can do the things that he's asking you to do. So I think that's enough. Sorry, I've uh, probably gone on a little long. But we did some stuff together, and it would be good to just do some prayer now. So should we stand together? So, St. Paul talks about gifts of healing. So, there, he says there are lots of different kinds of gifts that are given to people by the Holy Spirit. And everything is a singular thing, the gift of prophecy, the gift of words of knowledge, and that sort of thing. But he talks about gifts of healing, and I think there are different kinds of gifts that God gives for healing. And so I think there is the gift of compassion, because most of the times Jesus uh, healed the sick, it's because he was moved with compassion for someone's plight. And some of you are already very gifted in compassion for other people, and you're the kinds of people who are always wanting to include people uh, into, into situations, people who are on the edge, you bring them in and you bring them into the presence of God. There's gifts of compassion. There's also, secondly, medical gifts. So there's, you, have, you have natural medical gifts. Uh, you, work in, you, know, you work in the NHS or other different organizations that bring medical care. And when you align that with prayer, just your own prayer life, it's a phenomenally wonderful um, combination of natural power and supernatural power together. So it'd be great to pray for you guys as well. And then there's just simply those of you who are asking for more power to heal the sick in the very simple way that I was, I was demonstrating with Owen, that you could just be bold and pray for others. So I just wonder whether we could pray for any, any of you who already have natural medical gifts. Would that be okay to start with? Do you just, uh, if you want to get in on that, do you want to raise a hand if you're in the, in the medical sphere? Just a little bit higher, so we can see you. So there's a couple. Anyone else? 
If you're near someone with a raised hand, do you think you'd just lay a hand on their shoulder? Would that be all right? Is there someone at the back as well? I can't really see. Yeah, pray for them as well. That'd be really great. And we're just going to pray that you, uh, you're filled with the Holy Spirit for the work that God's called you to do. Father, would you pour out your Holy Spirit and add to each of these natural gifts and skills Would you add gifts and skill to these gifts and skills, Lord? Your power. We ask that right now. Hey guys. Thanks. And if you're laying a hand on them, if you feel bold to pray, then just ask the Lord to bless them with supernatural power. And Father, would you stoke their prayer lives? Would you provoke them to greater faith in the situations that they find themselves? Would you bless them with favor with their colleagues and with patience? And Lord, would you give them a real good sense of what's appropriate and what's not appropriate in the workplace? But would you use them, Lord, to bring healing both naturally and supernaturally everywhere they go? We thank you for them, Lord. We thank you for them, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so if you guys would carry on praying for them, is that all right? And maybe just be bold and pray. So I just also want to pray for those for whom you know that God has given you a heart of compassion. That when you see people who are in trouble and difficulty, then that is, that, I'm using this word a lot, but that's a provocation to you. It's a thing to, you know that you're stepping into something. And I just think the Lord is really going to give you an, a power boost in that area. So... Um, again, you have to be bold. But if that's you, would you raise a hand? And we'd love to pray for you as well. So keep your hands raised. All right, if you're near someone with a hand raised, then um, perhaps you could just lay a hand on their shoulder. Do move around a little bit. If you're unused to this, or this is new to you, would you guys pray, pray for Margaret there? Lay hands on her. And just make sure there's at least a couple of people praying for you. Anyone else? Just going to do a second call. If you know that's you, just raise a hand. Yeah. Is it you? Yeah. You're being prayed for. Good. Excellent. All right, let's pray for these guys, shall we? Because God is really going to use their heart of compassion to bring healing, particularly to those on the edge. Father, would you pour out your Holy Spirit on these guys as well? We thank you for them. We thank you for the way they're wired, Lord, with the compassion of Jesus. Thank you that you use them to bring people into encounter with you through the love that pours through them. 
So Lord, as it says in Romans 5, would you pour out your love again afresh into their hearts by the Holy Spirit. Pour out your love into their hearts in a fresh way. Lord, we dare to pray, would you break their heart with what breaks yours and lead them to people who are hurting and on the edge and lead them with the power of the Spirit. Father, would you pour your Spirit on these, on these people? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So if you're laying hands on them, would you be brave and just pray a prayer? Okay, maybe now's the time for a bit of background music, just to sort of undergird it so you feel like you can speak out into the... <laughs>